Hey, before we start this episode, we wanted to tell you about our upcoming virtual 5K. Are you sick of being cooped up inside for the past year? How about getting outside and also doing something to support Israel and the Jewish people? Join us for our Bless Israel virtual 5K. We've put together a three-mile path that actually walks you through a route in Israel. You can walk or run at your own pace and in your own time. Join an international community of believers around the world committed to Israel. For more details, go to a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. Yeshua for Jew and Gentile alike is in the business, is in the business, Carly, of confirming to us, even through our own unbelief, through our own doubt, that he is everything he says he is. And he'll go to great lengths to do it. And sometimes he'll even show up late, quote unquote, or when we don't expect, in order to confirm something that we'll never forget. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We're a Jew and a Gentile who both believe in Jesus and believe that there's value in looking at history as well as today's world and the headlines through both a Jewish and a Christian lens. This is our second season as you've been listening to many episodes. And if you don't already know, we're also showing this on YouTube. So if you want to watch a video version of us, we are uh, putting these episodes on YouTube. So check that out. Today we're going to talk about a story in the Bible that has an amazing insight. You've probably heard of it before, which is the story of Lazarus. The fact that some people think Jesus was late and how this is connected to Jesus raising from the dead. Before we get started, we want to let you know about an opportunity that we've talked about on most, most of our podcasts, which is this opportunity to support Jewish communities around the world. Um, at Jewish Voice, we serve communities that live in some of the most remote parts of the world with immediate physical needs that you can help relieve. Um, there's details on our website, a Jew and a Gentile Discuss.org. And as a thank you for getting involved, we will send you some Lost Tribes coffee, which is directly from Ethiopia, uh, where we have actually served these communities for over 20 years. Um, so again, you can get that coffee um, on the website. Uh, also, if you stay tuned to the end of this podcast, you can have a chance to win that coffee for free. Um, so stay tuned for those details. So let's get into the story of Lazarus. Let's discuss. So, Ezra, um, this is a story a lot of people have probably heard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of give a summary. It's from John 11. It's 45 verses, so if you want to read it on your own, it's John 11, uh, verse 1 to 45. But basically, uh, Lazarus is sick. Um, his, uh, th they sent word to Jesus saying, you know, someone you love is sick. Right. Um, so when Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, uh, he, he actually stays where he is for two more days, mm -hmm. and then he says, let's go back to Judea. Um, so he goes back. Um, he, Lazarus is, has already been dead when he gets there. Um, you know, they're very upset with him. Martha says to Jesus, um, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Um, at this point, J Lazarus has been dead for four days. So he's been right. in the tomb for four days, which right. is important if you're listening. Um, remember that number four. We'll talk about that. Uh, so Jesus says to Martha, you know, your brother will rise again. Um, and, you know, Mary says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would never have died. Um, so eventually they go to the tomb. Um, Jesus says, take away the stone. He, he says in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
Um, eventually, uh, the scripture says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Uh, and Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Um, so, you know, this idea that he got there late, uh, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. If Jesus would have come earlier, he wouldn't have died. Right. Uh, you know, he could have just healed him right then mm -hmm. and he wouldn't have died. He didn't need to, you know, raise him from the dead. Um, but there's something about those four days, which if you are a faithful Jew and a Gentile Discuss podcast listener, we talked about this briefly last year um, on one of our episodes. Uh, and it just was something that I know for myself, I had never heard of this idea of the importance of the four days. So we wanted to spend a whole episode diving into that. So Ezra, talk about was Jesus late? What is the importance of the four days in the Jewish context here? Right. Well, before I answer that, Carly, I'm going to be very Jewish and answer a question with a question. So before I do that, talk a little bit. I mean, the story of Lazarus is, I feel like, really popular right now in Christian worship music, kind of mainstream worship music. It's popular in preaching. What prior to having a Jewish context that we're going to discuss uh, in a moment, how would you summarize the story of Lazarus? Like what, what in typical Christian thought is the moral of this story? Yeah, I mean, you know, as I kind of summarize the point by point, yeah. often, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a certain song that I won't name, uh -huh. um, but, you know, rise from the dead right. and, uh, you know, let the... I don't know the exact words of the song, but, you mm -hmm. know, kind of the bandages fall off right. and, you know, Jesus will renew you or right. um, that. I think that that phrase, take off the grave clothes, right. is part of that um, current worship idea. Uh, but it's this idea that Jesus can heal. Mm -hmm. He can do miracles. Mm -hmm. um, he could have healed him mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. People would have had faith in that. Um, but Jesus can actually even bring someone, you know, from the grave to life. Right. He and has resurrection power. Right. That's yeah. a lot of the idea now is this idea of, um, you know, from death to life. Right. And I think all of those things are true. Um, I would put that in the category of application, right? And I think part of what we're about on this podcast is kind of saying, okay, here, here's all the ways that the Christian community has applied uh, some of the you know, Old and New Testament scriptures alike mm -hmm. to a very personal kind of devotional, like intimate, it's me and Jesus, right? We're besties. Um, I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek here, right? But this very personal devotional relationship with Jesus, right? As, as the God of the Christians, if you will. But before we can look at application, I think we have to look at the actual interpretation, mm -hmm. what's being said here. Uh, another passage that comes to mind is, you know, I'm going to say the reference and most of our audience may scratch their head and go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's weird. That's Old Testament. Ezekiel 37. People don't know, right? Crickets. But now let me say it differently and you're going to go, ah, okay, you ready? Valley of dry bones. Oh yeah, I know all the songs, right? God brings dead bones to life and he's raising up an army and that army is the Christian community. Uh, okay, good. Application-wise, absolutely, we get that. Devotional-wise, very inspirational to me. But just like the dry bones passage, which, you know, spoiler alert, we'll talk about that another time. It says these bones are the whole house of Israel. That's the interpretation. Uh, let alone the application for all believers and God's uh, revival power in our own lives. But similarly to that, Carly, I think we have to look at the actual interpretation of the Lazarus passage. And let me zoom out for a little bit. You know, this is from John, whose Hebrew name was Yohanan, just like 
Yohanan the Immerser, John the, John the Baptist. This is Yohanan, one of Jesus' closest disciples, right? The one Jesus loved, who laid on his chest, on his breast, and who was just super, just had this intimate friendship with Jesus during the time he was living and, and walking the earth and ministering. And not only Yohanan, not only John in this gospel account, but Matthew and Mark, and I would submit Luke also. There's question about whether Dr. Luke was Gentile or was Jewish. We'll get into that another day. It's a fun debate. But uh, suffice it to say, the vast majority, if not all the gospel accounts, Carly, were Jewish men trying to communicate to Jewish people that Jesus, Yeshua, which means salvation, Jesus from Nazareth, was everything he said he was, and it was confirmed by Moses, and it was confirmed by the prophets. The Gospels aren't a love letter to a future, not yet, not yet existent Christian community about God's individual love for them. By application, absolutely, absolutely. But the reason these guys sat down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the first century and wrote these Gospel accounts was to say, in essence, to, to raise up a banner and say, here is how we know as an eyewitness, these guys were eyewitness accounts of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Here's how we know, and here, Jewish reader, and reader in the, in the Mediterranean world is how you can know that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. He's not a good man, he's not a prophet, he's not a teacher. He's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. Before Abraham was, he is. And so let's take that lens a little bit that we talk about a lot on a Jew and a Gentile discuss and apply it to Lazarus. What's going on here? And you mentioned the four days, right? So it's this odd story. Jesus has this, Yeshua has this personal relationship with Lazarus. It says, you know, they, they were beloved, right? It, it's we sometimes dehumanize Jesus and we forget that he was actually a Jewish man who was a rabbi, who had a family and he had brothers and sisters and he had a mother and a father and he had friends and he had a community that he was comfortable with. And we see from this passage that Lazarus is one of these dudes, right? Lazarus is somebody that Jesus loved. And so here Jesus gets this news. He's about to die. He's sick. Come heal him. He doesn't go for reasons we are about to understand, I'll say. And then he dies, and he still doesn't go. And Jesus doesn't make it to Lazarus' home, which was, you know, right there, Lazarus' tomb around the corner, until after he's been dead. So what may surprise our audience to hear, to give some of the context, and maybe even our Jewish audience, it may surprise you to know, that in ancient times, it was widely understood that somebody's soul and their spirit remained with them for up to three days, after they died, after like physically they died. And so the rabbis would talk about and historians who were familiar with the Jewish world would actually recount, if you will, miracles of people coming back to life, whatever, through somebody praying for them, through you know, the faith of the community, through just you know, an unsolicited divine touch, uh, people came back to life. And so this idea was, okay, they're dead, but for three days their spirit and their soul remain with them. But after three days, the spirit and the soul departed. It went to, you know, talk about this in other episodes, the bosom of Abraham, right? What happens to a Jewish person after they die? Talk about that another day. But their spirit and their soul depart their physical body. And so at that point, they're dead, dead. Like they ain't coming back. And it was understood at this time in the Jewish community that the only way, the only way somebody could be revived after three days is if the Messiah himself would touch them and would raise them back to life. And so we think Jesus is late. Right? And we have all these messages by application. Well, Jesus didn't show up in my life when I thought, but he's going to come. True, but what's going on here, as Yohanan, his follower, tells the Jewish reader, this is how we know. 
This is how we know who Jesus is, that he's the Messiah, is in verse 17 of John, of John 11, it says very clearly, right, on his arrival, on Jesus' arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. That's not just a time marker. That's not, that's not incidental that, that John includes that there. It's essential because that, we understand it has to be a messianic miracle. Is that idea that you're talking about this, yeah. you know, three days and, they, and their soul and spirit is still with them, is that like an oral tradition or is that like written down in a Jewish uh, you know, commentary or something? Yeah, or? There, there's one verse in Hosea, actually. That's a great question. I'm going to say yes. Here's a Jewish answer. Both are true, <laughs> right? And here's my other opinions on the matter. No, anyway, Jewish answer, yes and yes. So, yes, it was rabbinical tradition. Yes, it was sort of this idea that as the community was waiting for a Messiah to come and to sort of redeem the kingdom of Israel that had been conquered by the Romans and people felt oppressed and overtaxed and how do we practice our religion freely, the idea was when the Messiah comes, he's going to liberate us. And one of the ways that we know he's going to be him is that he can raise from the dead after three days. But also in Hosea, we won't read the passage today, but you know, paraphrasing a little bit, there's this passage about kind of the redemption and the return and the repentance of Israel. And it says, after two days, he will revive us. And after three days, he'll restore us so that we can live in his presence. Mm -hmm. And the idea there is this, this resurrection, either by the Messiah or in the Messiah of Israel after three days, uh, was a sign that God had, had redeemed us to himself. And actually the idea, you know, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but some feel that Jesus saying, I'll remain, you know, in the ground three days and three nights and then I'll be revived. And the disciples before he died and was resurrected had no stinking clue what he was talking about. There was no grid to process this. And then Paul saying the gospel is this, that, that the Messiah, the Christ, died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. Don't miss Paul's language according to the scriptures. Well, there was no New Testament when Paul said according to the scriptures, so we have to go back and say, what does he mean rise from the dead the third day according to the scriptures? Mm -hmm. And it's actually probably a reference to Hosea. After three days, he will restore us. Mm -hmm. After three days in death, something's going to happen that allows the children of Israel to live in his presence. Mm -hmm and of course all who would call upon his name. So I gave away the application to Jesus' death and resurrection a little bit there, but this is the idea. After four days, Jesus shows up. And so Mary and Martha, who, who right, they believed Jesus was who he says he was, and they're thinking it's only been two days, it's only been two and a half days, it's only been two days and, you know, 22 hours. Yeshua could show up on the scene and turn this around. But once that third day had passed, they're weeping and the community's weeping because they said that's it's over. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. I don't think they mean only if you would have been here to heal him before he physically passed away. If you would have showed up before the Within third three day, days, yeah. something could have happened here. There could have been a miracle. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm doing something bigger than what you know. Lazarus is going to walk out of that grave, but I'm going to show you that I am, in fact, the resurrection, that I'm the Mashiach, the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one of Israel. Mm -hmm. And so that's the context here of Lazarus uh, and of Jesus kind of being late, we can say. He's revealing his Messiahship by the exact timing of when he shows up and what he does. This was like just such an important thing for me last year when you talked about this, because it's, it's something that as a Christian reader, you wouldn't know unless right. you really understood the Jewish context. And then it's not just like you said, you know, the devotional, okay, you know, God's going to heal me, take me from death to life or whatever. Right. There's this actual importance of the four days. Sure. 
Um, and it's these like little Jewish tradition nuggets that really open up um, the, my Christian eyes to scripture. Sure. Um, and that God is so, and Jesus was so intentional in these things, you know, based on the Jewish understanding. He was living in this Jewish world. Right. Um, they all knew this. Um, so I, that was just such a huge takeaway for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure anyone listening is thinking about, okay, you know, Jesus's resurrection. Right. Um, and those days in between right. the time that he died and rose from the dead, does, does this thought of three days versus four days apply um, you know, to Jesus' resurrection. I think it absolutely does, right? Because if Jesus would have said, the Son of Man will be lifted up on a cross and will give his life for the sins of many, and after, uh, you know, 52 hours he'll rise again, or after two days and two nights, again, it goes into this category in historic Jewish thinking, ah, that would be a miracle, mm -hmm. which would align with, you know, right? Who, who do you say that I am, Peter? Well, some say a prophet, some say a teacher, some say, you know, a prophet could rise after two days. A fantastic teacher, God could touch and rise after three days. Yeah. Only the Messiah can, by his own accord, rise after three days and three nights. Mm -hmm. And so the whole, the, the, Jesus telling the disciples, this is what's gonna happen, and this is how it's gonna happen, wasn't just to sort of, you know, go spoiler alert, guys, I love you, so here's what's happening. He's saying, this is how you're going to know. Mm -hmm. And that's why there was such an effort, it says in the scriptures, among the, among the uh, Pharisaical community, really the larger kind of community that rejected the idea that Jesus was Messiah, that caught wind, you know, as, as all these eyewitnesses start popping up in the days after his resurrection. He's alive. We saw him. We touched him. He came in and ate fish and bread in our house. What's going on? And they said, we have to cover this thing up. Well, if it was just two days, okay, it's a miracle, whatever. But three days and three nights... This could be the Messiah, and because we don't believe that, and because it threatens the power that we have, we need to kind of bury this thing. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's more of the context there. So for those um, who know the, what I'll call the Easter story, you know, right. we, and those who are good at math, they might be thinking, okay, I don't see the three days and the three nights, right. especially because we often say on the third day he rose again. Right. So what's, what's your response to that? Because, you know, three days and three nights don't happen between Friday and Sunday. Yeah, well, this is, you know, th the idea of Good Friday is it, it doesn't say in the scriptures, and it was Friday, or let's use Jewish language, it was the sixth day of the week because the Jewish calendar goes really Saturday night at sunset or Sunday morning, the first yeah. day of the week, until the Shabbat, Friday night into Saturday, the seventh day of the week. Uh, it just tells us that it was the day of preparation. What I think that means is that it was, it was the day of preparation for the Passover, okay? Uh, of course, you would call preparing for Shabbat a day of preparation also, but if Jesus is the Passover lamb, which I see in the scriptures, Old and New Testament alike, then he would need to have died on the same day as the Passover lamb is being sacrificed, which is the day before Passover. So I think what actually happened, Carly, and this is my theory, people could write to us and debate it, but I think what actually happened is that Good Friday was Good Thursday, and it was the day of preparation for the Passover, which is in and of itself a day of no work, which is why his body had to be taken down and buried before the Passover, mm. because it couldn't be done on a day of no work in the Jewish community. So he dies Thursday afternoon on the day of preparation for Passover. Then it's the Shabbat, the, day, the Sabbath day of Passover, Pesach, which leads right into a second Shabbat, happens every week on the Jewish calendar forever, Friday night into Saturday. Mm. And so there you get Thursday night, Sat Friday night, 
Saturday and Thursday afternoon, Friday all day, Saturday all day into Sunday morning, and then we know, you know, the scriptures pick up there. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, they go and look at his tomb and he's not there mm -hmm. because he's risen. Yeah. So that's, I think, how you get three days and three nights. And that's, I'm glad you asked the question, actually, because it's another example where we can start to use Christianese, right? We can start to use Christian language and make that our truth mm -hmm. when the truth is the word of God. Right. And I think we need to be careful not to heap on what wasn't there in the beginning mm -hmm. and to remember, okay, this is a Jewish book written by and large by Jewish men under the inspiration of the spirit of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to Jewish people. And then in Paul's letters to believers from all, from all people's tribes and tongues. Mm -hmm. But the original context here is that it's a Jewish story confirming the Messiahship of Jesus. So for those who are listening who have heard this for the first time right. and might be thinking, Ezra, you're nuts. Uh, you know, I've been told this for so long, so many decades. Right. We would encourage you to, one, go back and actually read the scriptures. Right. Uh, you know, read it through the Jewish context. Like you're talking about preparation for Passover. Right. So look at that instead of just, you know, maybe the songs that we sing, the sure. lyrics that we know sure. about the stories, but right. actually read them, you know, in, in the biblical, through the biblical scripture. Exactly. And I'll say, jumping on that bandwagon for a minute, to our Jewish audience, you know, we have, we have people who write to us, Carly, we know there's people who are considering the idea that Jesus might be the Messiah, but, you know, we're Jewish, Jews don't believe in Jesus, how can that be? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll give Jew, Jew and a Gentile discuss a listen and see what I think here, you know, kind of stand on the side and observe. Yeah. I want to say to those people listening today, also, don't write off the gospel accounts, if you will, these, these books written after the death and resurrection of Jesus in the years and the decades following that as, ah, uh, that's the Bible of the Christians, that's the book of the Christians. No, acknowledge the historic facts that these are Jewish men and women, by and large, writing about a Jewish man, a rabbi named Jesus, from a city in the land of Israel called Nazareth, to Jewish men and women about their belief that they had in fact found the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So if you want to write it off, write it off from a place of reading it and rejecting it. Don't write it off from a place of relegating it to some Christian literature that doesn't apply to us. I know that was a little bit strong, but you know, we have the mics on the podcast and that's what we're here to do. Right, yep. So I think this is, uh such a great example of what we want to do on this podcast, which is take biblical scripture right. that a Christian may know, apply a Jewish context of it so that you can understand that there's so much more going on than what you may be reading exactly. and why the Jewish people are so important, um, you know, to the whole biblical story and right. what God's telling right now today and, you know, for the rest of time until Jesus comes back. Absolutely. Um, so, Ezra, what application would you have for our listeners from hearing the story of Lazarus and how it's applied to Jesus as well? Yeah, I think the application, of course, of course, right? The story of Lazarus is that God's not late. We know that, that he can show up at the exact right time and that we need to understand that there may be something he wants to do in our story that blows the top off, blows the roof off what we understood he was capable of doing. Mm -hmm. That's the application. But I want to go back, interpretation, and say that Jesus, Yeshua, for Jew and Gentile alike, is in the business, is in the business, Carly, of confirming to us, even through our own unbelief, through our own doubts, through our own filters, through our own brokenness and woundedness, confirming beyond any shadow of a doubt in the circumstances of our life, whether we're Jewish or Gentile, uh, that he is everything he says he is, and he'll go to great lengths to do it. And sometimes he'll even show up late, quote unquote, or when we don't expect, in order to confirm something that we'll never forget. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. great. 
And, you know, I just want to reiterate, we're not trying to take away the personal devotional of part of these stories. We're also just trying to encourage you to look at the bigger context. So apply both the personal devotional piece and the Jewish context and what God's doing in a much bigger right. picture. Amen. Um, so to our listeners, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you got something out of it that is applicable for your walk with the Lord going forward and understanding more about the importance of the Jewish people. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, uh, you can enter for a chance to win a free bag of our Lost Tribes coffee. To do that, just text JG to 474747. Um, we draw a winner every month, and if you win, we'll send you a free bag of the Lost Tribes coffee. Um, you can also get more information on our website, ajewandagentildiscuss.org. As always, if you want to hear more episodes, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love if you'd leave us a review. You can also follow us on social media at the handle A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. Watch us on YouTube if you haven't checked that out yet. Um, if there's anything you want us to answer um, or questions you have about what we've talked about today, you can submit your comments or questions at a Jew and a Gentile Discuss.org. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another episode. The show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.